This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. As I travel through this pilgrim land, there is a friend. Safely through the sinking sand, it's the Christ of Calvary. This would be my prayer, dear Lord, each day to help me do the best I can. I need thy light to guide me day and night. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Protect me by 
blessed Jesus hold my hand when I kneel in prayer I hope to meet you there blessed Jesus hold my hand I have found a friend in Jesus he's everything to me He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All my needs to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells my every care on him to fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my grief has taken and all my sorrows bore. In temptation he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols stored. From the heart and now he keeps me by his power. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I'm nothing. shall fill and sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face where the rivers of delight shall ever roll he's the lily of the valley the bright and morning star he's the fairest of temptations unto my soul he's the lily of the valley Thanks, Debbie and Jim, for those beautiful songs. Welcome to this worship service, good neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. 
Thanks today to Debbie Tag and Jim Halgerud, our musicians. Thanks to Eileen Flatten, who will be reading our lessons and doing the children's message. And thanks to Brad Anderson, who is our recording engineer for this service. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA Radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast, available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance, and to our new services, which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Judy and Jerry Winchell. We want to thank Judy and Jerry for their generosity in sponsoring this web, this web broadcast. Just one additional announcement that I'd like to share, and I've done this before, but want to reiterate it here. Uh, we continue, two of us that are serving as pastoral staff at NUIC Parish, myself and Lauren Tagg, we continue to be available to people for visits or prayer or whatever your needs may be. And now we have on the nuicparish.org uh, website, we have a new form that was uh, dreamt up by uh, Chris and put into a uh, hard copy or put into the webpage by Nate Overby. And I want to thank both of those men for the imagining and the carrying out of this. But when you go on to the front page of our web site, you can see that there is a form you can fill out either for a visit from Lauren and I or for a prayer request. So I'd invite you to do that. We're anxious to come and visit whenever you might need us. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in a church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name, and he is present with each of us, wherever we might be today. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together. We're in the season of Pentecost. As you participate in our worship service today, you may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and maybe a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings. We continue our worship asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me then and listen as I read the confession of sins. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you. Uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Hear then God's promise of absolution. 
God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are all forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come again and do a couple of gathering songs for us. Let me live, blessed Lord, in the light of thy word. Let my life be a light on a hill, leading souls now astray to the straight, narrow way. Help me do some good deed while I live. Let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones to the fold, spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. Give me wisdom and power every day, every hour. Let me drink from the fountain above. Guide my footsteps aright through the dark stormy night. Give me peace, give me joy, give me love. Let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones to the fold. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. Give me souls for my hire. Let my life be on fire, shining out. To the world as a guide Help me rescue someone Sinking now with no hope That in heaven we shall ever abide Let my life be a light Shining out through the night May I help struggling ones to the fold Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before Our fears, our hopes, our aims.
We share our mutuals, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear when we Thanks again, Debbie and Jim, for those beautiful songs. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Would you please join your hearts with mine as I pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, increase in us your gift of faith, that forsaking what lies behind and reaching out to what lies ahead, we may follow the way of your commandments and receive the crown of everlasting joy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I'll invite Eileen to come now and read our lessons and share the children's message with us. Eileen? The first reading is from Amos chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 and 10 through 15. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and catch, cast righteousness to the ground. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their green. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. The second reading is Psalm 90, verses 12 through 17. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as you, we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The next reading is from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, 
joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give every account. Therefore, since we have great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message and for all of us who are still children at heart. How do you show someone that you care about them? I thought about that question and I came up with a list of 10 things that you might do to show someone that you care about them. First, you can listen to what they have to say. You can say thank you when they do something nice for you. You can also forgive them when they do something that hurts your feelings. You can put their needs ahead of your own. You could write them a kind note. You could give them a gift for no reason at all. You could also offer encouragement when they are discouraged. You could volunteer to help someone when they have a difficult task. You could invite them to do something special with you. And you could share a snack with them. There are many ways we can show someone that we care about them. The best way is by the nice things that we do for them each and every day. When someone is sick, a visit from a friend might do them more good than a dose of medicine. When someone is sad or having a bad day, a smile and a friendly hello would surely brighten their day. Have you ever seen someone sitting all alone at school who doesn't seem to have very many friends? If you sat down and talked to them, it might just make them feel as if someone cares about them. A simple act of kindness can say a lot more than a gift. Jesus was always kind and helpful to the people he met. One day he was in the home of Simon Peter. Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a fever. Jesus went into the room where she was and took her by the hand and helped her out of bed. When Jesus touched her, the fever left her immediately. Later that evening, people brought everyone who was sick so that Jesus could heal them. The Bible says that the whole town was gathered around outside the door. Jesus healed the sick and drove out evil spirits. Jesus showed his love by caring for those who needed his healing touch. So the next time you want to let someone know how much you care for them, remember that we show others we care not just by sending them gifts, but by showing acts of kindness each and every day, just like Jesus did. So now, if you'll please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear Father, Jesus taught us how to care for one another. Help us to follow his example and show our love by acts of kindness towards others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. His banner over me is love. The Lord is mine and I am His. His banner over me is love. The Lord is mine and I am His. Banner over me is love. His banner over me is love.
brought me to his banqueting table, his banner over me is love. He brought me to his banqueting table, his banner over me is love. He brought me to his banqueting table, his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. He is the vine and we are the branches, his banner over me is love. He is the vine and we are the branches, his banner over me is love. He is the vine and we are the branches, his banner over me is love. His banner over me. Is the rock of my salvation, his banner over me is love. Jesus is the rock of my salvation, his banner over me is love. Jesus is the rock of my salvation, his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. The Gospel lesson for this Sunday, October 10th, is from the Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter, verses 17 through 31. As Jesus was sitting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said, You lack one thing, go sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields, for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, just a couple of caveats as I begin this message. First of all, I'm not going to talk about this 
perplexing little saying that Jesus has that has become almost proverbial, that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to let you puzzle about that on your own. And also, I won't mention what Jesus says when the disciples are shocked, that with people or with mortals, it's impossible to get into the kingdom of heaven, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. But though I don't mention that, I hope that my message will suggest and even infer that great truth. So with those caveats in mind, as I've mentioned often these past months, my wife Gail and I have moved and have combined two houses into one. It's been an interesting and at times really challenging process. One of the biggest challenges for me is the realization that I have a lot of doodads and knickknacks and mementos from past travels and past relationships. For instance, I have kukris, which are ceremonial knives for sacrifices from Nepal, and wood carvings and Hindu prayer wheels from Kathmandu. I have inlaid marble boxes from the Taj Mahal in Agra, India, lovely carved and painted boxes from Colombia. I have rugs from Tibet and from Turkey too, many small carved pine trees from an artist I like up in Duluth, rocks and driftwood and seashells from a variety of sandy seashores around the world. And that's not to mention the stuff that I got from my parents, like a silver cross from my mother's father, who was a Lutheran pastor like me, and journals that my father wrote the last years of his life, and so on and so on and so on. You get the idea. Lots and lots and lots of stuff, and now, with the move, we have a lot less space to put it all in. As you can imagine, my wife has asked me more than a few times if I'd be willing to get rid of some of it. If I were to frame our conversations in a way that reflects our gospel lesson today, I might say something like this. My wife said to me, Lo, Greg, you have many doodads and knickknacks and mementos, but one thing you lack. Give all that stuff away and there'll be ample room in our little house and you will find peace and harmony. And I went away from my wife troubled and heavy-hearted, for I had much stuff, and I just couldn't bear to part with it. Well, is that what's going on in our gospel lesson today? A rich man with a lot of stuff discovers, despite all his wealth, all his stuff, that he still lacks one thing? And when Jesus asks him to sell all his stuff and give the money to the poor and to come and follow him, the man, shocked by this request, sadly goes away unwilling to part with his wealth? That is, on the face of it, exactly what happens. But let's look a little deeper. This rich man knows he's missing something. With all of his wealth and with all of his good deeds too, he is still not satisfied, not happy, not at peace. And so he comes to Jesus. And the fact that he comes to Jesus suggests he knows where he can find the thing that is missing from his life and that he knows that it really isn't a thing at all. No, it's a person. This man is a good man. He has obeyed the commandments, and we can imagine that he's ethical and moral in his behavior and in his business dealings. When Jesus tells him that he's missing just one thing, we can imagine the man shaking his head up and down. Yes, he agrees. That's why he's come to Jesus, to find out what he is missing. But... And this is a big but. When Jesus tells him how to remedy the hole in his heart, the longing in his soul, 
sell everything and give the proceeds to the poor and follow me, we can imagine the wide-eyed shock, the sad shaking of his head back and forth. No, now he disagrees with Jesus. That's too much, Lord, way too much. But before we judge this rich man too harshly this morning, let me pose a few questions for you and I to consider. How important are our things to you and to me? What role do they play in our lives? How much time do we spend on them? How much money? If you were to pile all of your stuff, house and cars and boats and machines and clothes and furniture, and of course doodads and knickknacks, if you were to pile that all in the middle of Lambeau football field, how many yards would it all take up? If it were possible for Jesus to show up here and to sit down beside you and me and ask us, as he asked this rich man long ago, to sell everything and give the proceeds to the poor and simply follow him, how might you and I react and what would we say? Would we say, hmm, I'm a little busy right now, Lord. Can I get back to you in a week or so? Or, you know, Lord, it'll take me a while to sell everything. I'll start working on my yard signs and sorting through my stuff, but it'll be a while until I'm ready to go. Or, say, Jesus, everything seems like a lot. How about if I sell some of my old baseball cards on eBay and maybe some of the furniture I have stored out in the garage? Will that be enough for now and we can discuss further sales in the future? Or even this possible response from me, well, Jesus, you know, I'm a pastor and my work really has to do with faith and trying to help people. That's pretty important stuff. I'm sure you wouldn't want me to sell everything or to get too involved with the poor. That wouldn't leave me much time to do your work. I'm guessing that one way or another, most of us would have a very similar reaction to the Jesus' request as did the man in our gospel lesson today. And if we did react the same way, we would surely miss the very same thing the rich man missed in this encounter with Jesus. The man was longing for the very thing that Jesus offered him, but he couldn't receive it because of all his stuff that got in the way. And that can happen to us too. Let me try to give you a little illustration or a couple illustrations to try to make real this great truth. First of all, I have a little excerpt here from an email that I sent my kids 10 or 11 or 12 years ago now. It's on the occasion that I traded in an old Subaru and bought a newer used Subaru for my youngest son, Dan. Gail and I tried with each of the kids to help them get through college and to give each of them a call, a car at some point uh, as they were going to college or as they were starting their careers. And I had done this car transaction with Dan, and I knew the other kids would hear about it. And so I wrote them this email and talked a little bit about helping them all out and about the things that Gail and I were trying to do for them along the way and sharing goods and how some families get into trouble because one kid feels like another got more than another and so on. But finally, I ended with this little paragraph. I believe that whatever we're able to give you in terms of stuff, and whatever we're able finally to leave you in terms of stuff, it is by far the least little bit of the legacy or inheritance that we're able to pass on to you. 
Most of all, I hope you know how much we love you and that that love does not and has never depended on how well you did in anything. Doesn't depend on following our notions of right and wrong. Our love is simply a given because you are our children. You belong to us. I know you are all in different places with your faith, but I also hope that you have glimpsed and will come to know ever more deeply God's eternal love in Christ for each of you, and so on. I was anxious that this conversation about stuff didn't get in the way of their sense of the thing that my wife and I could give them most. And that was our unending, unconditional love for each of them. Second illustration that I want to share about what this rich man was searching for and what he didn't find happened now almost 45 years ago in my parents' living room. They were living in Kathmandu in Nepal at the time. They were serving as missionaries there. I was doing an independent study on the small Christian church in Nepal, and I was interviewing one of the leaders of that church, a young man about my own age. His name was Ramesh. I don't remember what Ramesh told me about the church, but I do remember what he told me about himself. He'd grown up in a Hindu household of a high Hindu caste. His father was a general in the king's army, and his family was very wealthy. In his early 20s, he got married and had his first child. He and his wife and baby boy lived with his parents in the family compound, an estate just outside of Kathmandu. Walking through the bazaar in Kathmandu one day, Ramesh heard a street preacher talking about someone called Jesus. And though he tried to walk away, he couldn't. After many conversations with that preacher and many months of soul-searching, he gave his life to Jesus. But when he told his parents about his conversion to Christianity, they were at first really angry, and then despairing, and then desperate. They tried everything to change his mind. Finally, they kicked he and his family out of their home. They disowned him and even went so far as to have a funeral for him, a sign that he was dead to them. Ramesh had gone from riches and a bright future to losing everything and not knowing how he would support his wife and child. And yet what I remember most about Ramesh is that he was, by far, the most joyful and radiantly happy young man I had ever met. He had found the treasure of the unconditional love of God in Christ, and peace and joy flowed from him like water from a rushing stream. Jesus called and challenged the oh-so-good and oh-so-rich man to find the very treasure he was so deeply wanting and searching for by getting rid of the stuff that was standing in the way of this discovery that he was loved. Loved not because of his good deeds and not because of his great wealth. No, but because of the emptiness in his heart and the need in his soul. And that's what brought him to Jesus in the first place. But Jesus offered this rich man with the impoverished faith and hungry soul was love. His love and unconditional love of God. We see that in the 21st verse when we're told that Jesus looked at him and loved him. That's exactly what Jesus offers each of us as well. If only we will turn to him and trust him and follow him. Amen. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold.
I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be a king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy than anything this world affords today. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rest Thanks again, Debbie and Jim. That song was perfect with the little message that I shared. Thank you. We continue then as we confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll invite Debbie and Jim to come to do our prayers of intercession, please. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send 
Because we are made children and heirs of God's promise, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Uniting God, you call forth different gifts in those who follow you. Encourage us to welcome the diverse benefits and blessings of the whole church in teaching, preaching, prophecy, healing, and more. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Nurturing God, you bring forth crops from the soil and bounty from the trees. Increase the produce of the land and bless all who toil in fields and orchards. Provide for good working conditions and keep them safe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Empowering God, you offer compassion for those who are overlooked or forgotten. Open the hearts of local, national and world leaders to so, show such compassion and love for their neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sheltering God, in Jesus you traveled among us without a place to lay your head. Provide safe places to sleep and rest for those who have no place to live. Sustain ministries that offer food, clothing, and peace of mind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Renewing God, you bring life out of death. Help us part with those things that are no longer beneficial to us and open our hearts to see where new life is budding in this parish and community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we especially bring these people who are dear to us before your throne. Tammy and Kelsey Zamuda, Dave Flatten, Del Clausen, Marcia Helling, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Myrna Brown, Mary Greiser, Vernon Lee, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Sherm Olson, Rick Elmer, Randy Goglin, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Kirsten Overby, Andy Elmer, Larry Bazile, Leslie, Jim Wade, Tim Elmer, and Scott Morgan. In your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal God, we thank you for the lives of those who have died. Make us confident in your promise of salvation and support us in our own journey of faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts known only to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your continue as we recognize the 
peace of Christ that's at work in each of our lives and in each of our hearts. I'll invite you to bless yourself if you're listening to this podcast alone or to bless someone who is worshiping with you using the Trinity formula. Be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just would like to mention the offering then as people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. And as you consider that, I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come and do an offering song for us before we do our little offering prayer. I will serve thee because I love thee, you have given life to me. I was nothing before you. Thank you, Jim and Debbie. Beautiful song. We will continue the service, and we're coming to the end here, but we'll do the Lord's Prayer together, so let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive then the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord, thanks be to God. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time.